welcome to the podcast of Broadway Baptist Church in Lexington, Kentucky, and the preaching of Pastor Daniel Osmond, a biblical church centered on Christ. The message this evening is living the transformed life in Christ. Living the transformed life, not living a transformed life, living the transformed life in Christ. And uh, I want to my wish is that each time I have an opportunity to bring a message like this one, I just want to be that vessel that the Holy Spirit would use to release to you whatever your needs are. I also want to plead, and I will pray that as you receive this message, as I'm, I'm speaking, just open your, your heart for the Holy Spirit to pour what, what he has for you this evening. Because I do believe very strongly that the word of God says that the word of God is sharper than two-edged sword. It never goes out and comes back void. That means that any time we have the opportunity to listen or hear to the word of God, that means that there is something that God has for us. If we only can open our minds so that the Holy Spirit will make the deposit. Amen? So let us pray. Father God, thank you for your word. Father, you gave us this word not for decoration. You gave this word to us not just to know it. You gave us this word not to, for us to show that we can master or have a master over it. But you gave us this word for a purpose. That this word, it will teach us, it will train us, it will transform us, it will reveal yourself, it will make us to know you more. And it also gave us a discipline of lifestyle, how to live. Father, you have given us your word this evening. I pray that God, you bless your word and that Holy Spirit, you will interpret this word to our own understanding. So that what you intended for us, O oh God, that we shall assimilate this evening and will live here blessed. Again, Father, I make myself just as a vessel through which you will use and minister to your people. I'm not worthy, but I pray and I submit, O oh God, to your leadership, Holy Spirit, that just use me as that vessel to bring honor to God the Father. In Jesus' mighty name, amen. This message this evening is kind of, I would have loved to tie to it part B of what I preached uh, last Sunday. Uh, last Sunday I preached, the topic was, be ye holy, for I am holy. It was a call to holiness, and that was Peter when he, he, uh, he brought the word to the Christians who were actually scattered all over. And today I am bringing something similar where Paul also was addressing the same thing to, uh, to, the, to believers. And uh, he cautioned them. That as a transformed people, as people who are changed, as people who are transformed by the Lord, there is an etiquette. There is an ethics. There is a lifestyle, a way of life that believers ought to live. We, we as believers, there is a, our lifestyle has to define who we are. So that is what Paul actually is trying to bring or preach to us this evening. Now, again, I must reiterate that I must reiterate before I get into the lesson that now Christianity is not something to be a Christian. It's not a joke. It's not a child's play. Because from the time that we make that commitment by humbling, confessing, and inviting Christ into our lives, we are taking our, upon ourselves a big responsibility. A responsibility whereby we will not only live that lifestyle, but also we have the responsibility that to show to others that we are God's people. We have been chosen. And that is why it is sometimes scary to think that, which is real, that someday all of us, whether we like it or not, we are going to face judgment. To, to give an account unto the Lord how you live that life that you took, 
that commitment, when you receive Christ into your life, you, you took upon yourself that commitment to live that life and to live for Christ. So it is not a child's play. I always say it's not a child's play. Christianity is not like belonging to any social gathering in the neighborhood or family meeting or all kinds of meetings there. It, it is a, a, a life of responsibility. It's a life of honor, a life of responsibility, a life of, life of accountability. Because you can easily walk out of a meeting or out of a social gathering and nobody will do anything. But as long as you become a Christian, you owe your life to Jesus. It's no longer your life, so you have to live for him. So I'm here to remind us that Christianity is not a joke. There is a lifestyle that we ought to live. And by living this lifestyle, this lifestyle that we live and put into place, it will tell others that truly our lives are different. We are in Christ. We are Christians. So that's why it's important that being a Christian is not only knowing the work, it also has to do with our deeds. And that is actually where practicality of Christianity is, is concerned. I said it's not to scare us. I said it but to encourage us that we have a task that God has called us to. And we can only leave these tasks when we surrender every day unto him. Now, let's get into our lesson. Now, Ephesians chapter 4, 17 to 32. I will read Ephesians chapter 4, beginning from verse 17, right down to 32. It, sounds, it looks a little bit long, but the message it will not be long. Therefore, I'm reading from the Christian Standard Version. Therefore, I say this and testify in the Lord. You should no longer live as the Gentiles live in the futility of their thoughts. They are darkened in their understanding, excluded from the life of God because of the ignorance that is in them and because of the hardness of their hearts. They, they became callous and gave themselves over to promiscuity for the practice of every kind of impurity with a desire for more and more. Verse 20, but that is not how you came to know Christ. Assuming you heard about him and were taught by him as the truth is in Jesus to take off your former ways of life, the old with self that is corrupted and deceitful desires, to be renewed in the spirit of your minds and to put on the new self, the one sealed, the one created according to the God's likeness in righteousness and purity of the truth. Therefore, putting away lines, speak the truth, each one of his neighbor, because we are members of one another. Be angry and do not sin. Don't let the sun go down on your anger. And don't give the devil an opportunity. Let the thief no longer steal. Instead, he is to do honest work with his own hands, so that he has something to share with anyone in need. No, no foul language should come from your mouth, but only what is good but building onto someone in need, so that it gives grace to those who hear. And don't grieve God's Holy Spirit. You were sealed by him for the day of redemption. Let all bitterness, anger, and wrath, shouting, and slander be removed from you, along with all malice. And be kind and compassionate to one another, forgiving one another, just as God also forgave you in Christ. Amen. So, from verse 1 up to verse 16, Paul has just completed his discourse on unity of the church. Paul has just finished to talk about the importance of the church being united. He instructs believers on how to walk in holiness. Now, 
He just finished talking about unity and emphasized on the importance of unity of the church. Then he turns now and he's talking about the importance of believers not only to be united, but also to walk in holiness. That is why I said, if I were to title my message like, uh, 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 I, I would have loved to title this message part B of Be Holy for I Am Holy. But I want us to look more a little bit detail about the, living the transformed life in Christ. Living the transformed life in Christ. So Paul actually was addressing believers, just as us today. He was addressing believers. Now, this portion of scripture is divided into two parts. The first part that is from verse 17 up to 19, Paul talked about the negativity, how a believer should not walk. He, he, he points out some of the things that believers used to do. And he said, this way of life, this is not how you're supposed to walk. And then in the second part, he tried to bring out the positive aspect. Now, vis-a-vis -vis to those negative parts, he says that they have to choose this, define their lifestyle, the positive lifestyle, how Christians ought to walk, vis-a-vis -vis some of the negative lifestyle that he mentioned in the second part, which is beginning from verse 20 up to 32. Now, we see that in this chapter, chapter 4 of Ephesians, in verse 1, Paul exalted them to walk worthy of their calling. He called them in Ephesians 4 verse 1. He, he, he cautioned them. He, he talked to them about how they as believers ought to walk worthy of their calling. So all of us here as believers, we are called to walk worthy of that call that Christ has called us. Christ has called us to walk into holiness. Christ has called us to live as people who are righteous. Christ has called us to live like people who bear in them the mark of the Holy Spirit. To be holy, to be righteous. God, God, so Christ has called us into holiness. So Paul now was bringing that out to them in verse 17. He's telling them that they should no longer live as Gentiles live because this is not worthy of their calling. Now, if we see in verse 17, Paul says, therefore, so like I said last time, each time somebody is telling you something and they come to a point, therefore, it therefore means that they want to give you something important that you have to take note of. Something that they want to press across. He said, therefore, changing from one state to the other. Therefore, he says that, therefore, I say this and testify in the Lord. You should no longer live as Gentiles live in the futility of their thoughts. Now, there is something that I want to point out here again about the thought. Last time I talked, I mentioned the mind, the thought. So Paul says that, therefore, it, now these people in Ephesus, in that church, most of the believers they actually either used to be Gentiles or Jews. So because they believe now, then they form the Christian. So it therefore means that they were living in an area, an environment where there were a lot of evil practices that were going on. Okay? There was a lot of evil that was going on. And these people who are now believers had also lived that kind of lifestyle. So was, when Paul was writing to them to address the situation, he said, therefore now, he said, don't live any longer the kind of lifestyle that you used to live like the Gentiles. You know, on the other hand, Paul might say, him, he, he's saying this. He said, don't live when you were an unbeliever, like you used to live as an unbeliever. Because you have a calling that God has called you to live. Your own lifestyle has to be the one that has to reflect God, has to live, reflect Christ, Christ. Not like the lifestyle that you used to live before you became a believer. The challenge also to us today is this. Fellow believers, we, as Paul says, that we, as he testifies, someone being in the Lord, 
Paul is testifying to us also. He says that we should no longer walk like the ways we were before we ever believed or became Christians. Because we are living in a challenging world today that it just takes the grace of God to sustain us. If we are not strong enough in the Lord, it is easy to fall. If we don't, like what we are doing, come to church and pray and discipline your lifestyle, the pressure that comes from the world, it is easy for us to fall. That is why it is important, as the Bible says, that do not forsake the assembly of the righteous as you see the days approaching. Coming together like this will encourage us. Studying the Bible will, encourage, will build us up in faith. Things that are going to make us to fall, they are evident. But we are warned, say so that we should no longer live as Gentiles. Then he brings us a very important aspect, which it will affect the whole life of the things that Paul will mention later about the attitudes of the Gentiles. He talks about in the futility of their thought. Talking about, about the thought. Last time when I preached, I, I mentioned this, and I'm still going to mention this. Now, our thought is that part of our being whereby the moment the devil hold a grab on, the devil, the moment the devil get a grab over around his, his round, around our thought and win us, then he can affect our body in every way. He will affect our emotion. He will affect our decisions. He will affect our health. He will affect everything about our life. And so, therefore, that means that the kind of things that we watch, it programs our mind to think in a particular way. The type of things that we listen, it programs our mind to function in a particular way. The type of people that we hang around with, it programs us also to function in a particular way. If we program our mind, if we keep on watching trash on the TV, uh, keep on listening on the trash on the news, that will make us to, it will program us to function that way. And if you listen to that trash one, two, three, four times, before you know it, you are acting that way. You are behaving that way. That is why there is a saying in English says that, show me your friend and I will tell you who you are. So Paul wants about the thought. Our thought is a very critical aspect of our being. So these people now, their future, their minds actually was affected. Their minds were completely affected. That is why, as he will see in a short while, they were acting the way they were acting because their mind was destroyed already. It was tainted already with sin. It was covered away with sin so much so that they didn't have any simple outer of affection of the things of God. Our thoughts, the mind. You know, for those who are married, how did you get married to your wife? Just touch your mind a little bit. The moment you capture her mind, say, hey, you are this, and then the moment you capture your, your wife's mind, then she fell, and before you know, you became married, right? So the thought is very powerful. The thought is very powerful. You know, it's very powerful. So we should be careful what we watch. We should be careful what we listen to. We should be careful the kind of people that we associate ourselves with. Don't tell me that you are strong. Don't say, no, you know how to handle it. No, no, no. Paul says that they were acting because of what? In the futility of their thought. And their, their thought was futile because they had hung around with evil so much long enough to the point where they also were acting in that way. They were reasoning in that way. Have you never seen somebody behaving like their friend and they feel you, sometimes you feel like it's a sister or brother? Because they've hung around with that particular friend a very long time. Now, growing up, I had a friend. Thank God for his grace that I was delivered. I had a friend. We would go around and, and, and do things and go around, and, and, and that was before I knew Christ. There is one thing that God saved me. This guy, I would go and escort him somewhere, and he would take a weed from his pocket, 
that grass, put it and wrap and will smoke right there in front of me. That's why today when I sit, I look, at, I look behind my life, I say, God, I just thank you so much for sustaining and sparing my life. Every time we go, this guy will wrap that thing and smoke, and he will smoke and tell me to smoke. And will try to give me, I rejected. He tried everything for me to smoke, I rejected. I want to say that this was God's doing, not me. Because what I want to say here is just grace of God and not because I'm bragging. This young man, his life today is in a mess. Every time I visit Cameroon, I like to call him and still counsel him. He, he's older than me. His life is in a mess because of what? Because his mind has completely been tainted. Futility. His reason, everything that he's reason is just evil. It does not help him in any way. We should guide our mind, guide our thoughts very well. So Paul wants here, he said, uh, he said you should no longer live the, like the, as the Gentiles live in the futility of their thoughts. Now, Paul now, he is in the Lord. He's talking like somebody is in the Lord. He's a Christian. So he's talking from his own experience. And that's why he's addressing the church. Now, listen, I am in the Lord. I'm telling you like somebody. I'm not telling you a life that I'm not living. Paul was telling them that a lifestyle that he was also living. So therefore, you can only give to somebody what you have. You can't give something that you do not have, right? So Paul was trying to dish out what he was living. He was in Christ. So he was not just telling them a lifestyle and said they should live this while he was living different. So he was actually giving to them what he had. So Paul actually was, is in the Lord and speaks as one who is in the Lord. He said that the Gentiles do live according to, the Gentiles were living according to futility. And futility here, my definition of futility means that a pointlessness, purposelessness, uselessness, wordlessness of their thought. If you have that kind of thought, man, you, then you are so bad. It's so bad. The futility of the minds convey the idea of not being able to perceive the revelation of God for which it was designed. Do you see that? So, the futility of their thoughts, it could not perceive the revelation of God as the mind was designed. So, because they have a waywardness in their thinking, because they have a, a sinfulness and purposelessness and hopelessness in their thinking, God cannot put a deposit in that kind of mind because it will waste because even if the Holy Spirit makes a deposit, that mind is not, the, the platform is not conducive for God's revelation to come in them. Do we see that? So when we feed our minds with things that does not glorify God, do not tell me that God does not still speak. God does still speak even up to today. But because our minds are so clouded, our minds are quoted with some kind of distraction, that is why we don't hear when the Holy Spirit speaks. God says, I am the Lord that I am. I change it not. As God used to speak in the old, he's still speaking up to today, and he will still speak until Christ comes back. But when we take things and wrap our minds around with the things around the world here, we don't listen to what God talks. We don't listen to his words because he still speaks. I am who that I say I am. I change it not. Thus says the Lord. So that is the issue here. The people, the Ephesus, he was warning them. He said, the, the Gentiles, their mind, they cannot listen to the things of the Lord because their minds are, are quoted with the things that does not glorify God, does not give glory unto the Lord. The futility of their minds, it conveys the idea that because their minds are so tainted, they cannot get from God. So, fellow believers, we are, we, are, we are praying and trusting God for revival in our families. We are praying and trusting God for revival in the church. So, please, one thing that we have to work on, please, is our minds. 
Let our minds be clear from any deposit, any sin, any uncleanliness. Let's get our minds ready because God is about to do something in this church. Amen? I believe it. I do believe it. That if we clean our mind and, and let it just be open so that God can make ever whatever deposit he wants, he wants them, we will going to see a revival. It's possible. It's possible. But the mind, when the mind is tainted, when the mind is quoted with all kinds of evil, God is still speaking, but we don't hear, we don't listen because our mind has been clothed. We need to take all the draws and all the cloth from our mind so that we're able to hear God. Hallelujah. We need to do that. We need to do that. So he goes further. He, he goes on his, um, in, then he goes now to verse, nine, verse, verse, verse 19. Verse 18 says that they darken in their understanding. So because of the mind, because of their thought, which is future now, Paul says that, they are darkened in their understanding, excluded from the, from the life of God because of their ignorance that is in them and because of the hardness of their heart. You know, it is not strange why you see people who don't know God live the way they live. Because their minds, their thoughts has been infiltrated by all kinds of evil. That is why a young man can go to a school or whatever in a garden and just open fire and kill people. Because you know why? Because their mind has been adulterated with evil. The mind. The mind. It's a very strategic place for our life. If we, must, if we, if we as believers must grow, if we must listen to the Lord, then we have to work on our minds. Living the transformed life in Christ. That is our topic. So, in verse 18 and 19, Paul gives a description of the Gentile lifestyle. Listen to this. They are darkened in their understanding. And Paul is one. He said, don't allow yourself to be that darkened by the understanding. Don't allow your mind to get to that point where you can no more longer reason anything. Even the things of the Lord, you can no longer reason. This is what Paul is saying. So, the second point here is that they are excluded from the life of God. You see, all start from what? From their mind, from their thoughts. So when the thought actually is affected negatively, this is what will happen to the believer. The believer will become darkened. In the, first of all, when your minds are darkened, you're no longer a believer to an individual. So they are darkened in their understanding. They are excluded from the life of God. They are ignorant to the things of God. They have hardened their heart. They become callous. You know, callous. When you say become callous, it's like dead. You know, like somebody who used to wear, if you wear a tight shoe, part of your body, like your, your toes around your soul, become callous. That part of the body, you can't even cut it with blade. You know, women who do pedicures, they know that. You, you go to those people, they, 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 I don't know, they apply something there and then try to wash it and brush that dead cell, that dead skin out. Callous, it becomes strong. You can cut it and you not feel. That is how their hearts have become. Hardened hearts whereby you can even cut through with blood. They will not get, they will not feel it. Because sin has hardened their heart. This is really actually a very, very bleak picture of the human race. Bleak picture. That somebody should be at that level where your heart is now like callous. You don't feel anything anymore. Well, it's a dangerous thing. We don't want to be to that, at, that, at that level. That is why we, we, we are preaching now and bringing the word of Paul. is telling us that we should avoid the lifestyle of the Gentiles. Because it is easy to get to that point. It is very, very easy. So, so he also says that they gave themselves over to promiscuity. They have the desire to practice more promiscuity. So not only have they given themselves to promiscuity, but also they have that urge, that desire to even do more evil. And that is why today, 
You ask me why we have serial killers, serial killers. You ask me why we have prostitutions. You ask me how we have people who are so longing to do just evil, 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 evil. That is a state of the mind has been eaten up to the point where they even take delight. They take pleasure in doing evil, in doing wicked things, these testable things because of the mind. Because of the mind. Now, the, sec- the second part Paul brings here, we've talked about how a believer should not walk. Paul actually has pointed out some of the things that the Gentiles do, which he is trying to instruct the believers that you listen, all these things that I've mentioned here, you should not do that. If you have a problem with your mind, it is good to settle it with the Lord. Open up your mind and, and release, ask God to deliver you from whatever you have harbored in your mind. Whether it is forgive, unforgiveness, bitterness, all those things, please. They, they, our stomach as a believer, our mind and thought should not be a junk where any, the devil can just at any time deposit anything and then we, we help the devil to store in us. Our stomach, our thought should not be a junk for the devil. So I think God has given us the opportunity to pray and ask him to, to cleanse us from every impurity. And this is what Paul is saying because when, when the mind is affected, we can act very irrational and it will not glorify God. So in the second part, Paul, from verse 20 to 32, Paul talks about uh, how a believer should walk. Then if you see in verse 20, Paul said that, but that is not how you came to know Christ. You know, when I, when I, was, uh, when I received Christ, you know, I was told blank that light has, darkness has nothing to do in common. As a, as a believer, when Christ transformed, when you are changed, we know sanctification is a continuous process. But there are certain things that as a believer, the moment you receive Christ, the Lord, the Holy Spirit make it known unto you that sometimes you feel bad while you were living that kind of lifestyle. You feel bad while you were doing all those kind of things. That's the work of the Holy Spirit. So Paul is telling us now what we as believers, you know, we are not supposed to do and how we, the kind of lifestyle we're supposed to live beginning from verse 20. And uh, yeah, and in this verse 20, go right down to the end. I'll be very quick with it. And I, 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 this is what I said. The old self versus the transformed life in Christ. Paul Mention some of these things here. The old self versus the transformed life in Christ. In verse 20, it says that, but that is not how you came to know Christ. When you came to know Christ, Paul tells the Christians in Corinthians, 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 17, he tells them that now that you've known Christ, all things have what? Have passed away. So you are not living in the past anymore. You are living now as people now whose life is being governed and sanctioned and filled by the Holy Spirit. So you ought to walk in the Spirit as the Spirit directs. So you're no longer walking like in the old past. And this is what he says in verse 21, or verse 21, yes, Paul says that, uh, verse 20, 21, he says that, but that is not how you came to know Christ. Assuming you heard about him and were taught by him as the truth is in Jesus. Okay, we were taught about Jesus Christ. We talked about how Jesus Christ died for our sins. And we, we also taught that when somebody is in Christ, he's a what? He's a new creation. We're told that when Jesus Christ, Colossians actually tells us that when he died on the cross, took all our sins and our affirmities away, he nailed them on the cross and declared, made a public show over it so that we are no longer be, being slaves of sin. So when Jesus Christ died on the cross, he took away all our sins and nailed them on the cross. It's just like somebody who puke or vomit, and then you go back to your vomit. That's what Paul was saying. We are not supposed, as believers, go back to our past lives. Because it's like going back and tell Christ that, hey, all those things that you died for, let me have them back. I want to have them. That lifestyle that you died for, I don't want it anymore. I don't want your new life anymore. I want those to go back in those vomit. 
which is very, very dangerous. Now, the old self is corrupted by deceitful desires. The renewed mind is filled with the spirit. I like, I like this to be projected, please. The old self, uh, uh, there are some nine points which I wrote here, which we carry on in this, uh, the last uh, uh, section here. The first point is that the old self is corrupted by deceitful desires. The, the renewed mind is filled with the Spirit of God. So this is the lifestyle that Paul actually is telling us that believers, we have to live like this. Because the old self in verse uh, 22, 22 and 23, Paul says, to take off your former way of life, the old self, and is corrupted, that is corrupted by deceitful, deceitful desires. And then verse 23, he says that, to do what? To be renewed in the spirit of your mind. You see, so the old self is corrupted by sinful desires. Then Paul is cautioning us, he's instructing us, he's giving the instruction to us that as Christians, the new self is created according to God's likeness in righteousness and purity and truth. That is a new self that we ought to take as believers. That is a transformed life right there. That is how your life has to be. And that is how you have to live like people who are new creatures in the Lord. And then the second point, he says that the old self is corrupted by sinful desires. The new self is created according to God's likeness in righteousness and purity of the truth. That is found in verse 24. The old self is corrupted by sinful desires. You just heard about the thought of these people. You know, when you talk about evil desires here, you talk about the things that does not glorify God. We talk about promiscuity here. We talk about immorality here and, and thieves stealing here. Those are things that does not glorify God. We talk about unforgiveness, bitterness, and rage, and anger, and all those things. They don't glorify God. When we take upon the new self, that new self is created according to God's likeness in righteousness and purity of the truth. Then we go now to the third point. The old self tells lies. The new self speaks the truth, as according to verse 25. I think John 8, chapter 44 says that anybody who speaks, I'm paraphrasing, I think John 8, 44 says anybody who speaks lies is just representing, he's talking lies like the father who is a devil. So the devil is the father of all liars. So there is no reason why, brothers and sisters, we should tell a lie against each other because we are all brothers. So the old self, we want to tell a lie, but the new self speaks the truth because the Bible says that you, then know, you shall know the truth, and the truth shall what? Shall set you free. That is a transformed life. That's a transformed life. Then let's go for the real quick. Number four, it says that the old self becomes angry, and it does not commit sin. And it does commit sin, actually. The old self becomes angry, and it does commit sin. The new self becomes angry, but does not sin as reconciliation. Does not sin as reconciliations are made. That is verse 26 to 27, where Christ says that, be angry, be angry, but do not let your anger carry you, make, cause you to fall in sin. That is a transformed life. Yeah, things that are going to make you angry are there. Things that are going to make us to be angry, they are there. But don't harbor anger till the next day, or don't let anger make you to fall into sin. So, but for the new self actually speak the truth. Go to number four, please. So the old self becomes angry, and it does, it does commit sin. The new self becomes angry, but does not sin. And the new self quickly runs for reconciliation. Because the Bible says that, be at peace, if it is you are doing, be at peace with everyone. So, brothers and sisters, there is no reason for you to harbor grudges against people. A transformed life does not harbor grudges. A transformed life forgives. A transformed life does not hate. 
A transformed life does not, you don't put self, you don't project self, you don't have ego. You let Christ rule, you let others reign, you let Christ, the Holy Spirit leads you. Number five, Paul also mentioned the old self steals, but the new self does not steal. It works to help others in need. Verse 28, so Paul says that anybody who is stealing, if you are that one who is stealing, you have to stop stealing and get some work to do so that as you work, you earn money that you're able to help others in need. That is a new life. That is a new life. And that is a transformed life. Then go to point six. Point six that the old self speaks foul languages from the mouth, but the new self speaks blessings out of the mouth. Verse 29. And, I, and, and, and today we are living in a stretch where there are people that over the slightest thing and nothing, they just curse. My goodness, whether old or small, they can curse to the point where it becomes so contaminatory. But the Bible says that the tongue is what? A restless evil. And the Bible says, again, that can, can salt water and fresh water come down from the same tap? Please, believers, we as transformed people, we ought not to use our mouth recklessly. Our mouth should be used to bless. Our mouth should ought to be used to build. Our mouth ought to be used for, with grace. Our mouth ought to be used for God's glory. Not to use this same mouth that we use to praise God and to use this same mouth to curse and to destroy and to slander other people. God forbid. That's what Paul is saying here. It's a transformed life. You don't use that mouth to curse people. You use this mouth to bring and extend the grace of God to other people. Number seven, we are almost to the end. Number seven, the old self grieves God's Holy Spirit, but the new self fellowship with, with the Holy Spirit, verse 30. So when we, the old self will do all kinds of contamination. Paul says in Corinthians, 1 Corinthians 6, verse 19, he says that don't you know that your body is a temple of the Holy Spirit where God's Spirit dwells inside? So anybody, when we use our body, we don't use our body rightly, then we are doing what? We are grieving God's Spirit in us. When we use this mouth and, 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 and we're cursing and use this mouth for, for gossiping and use this mouth to do things that does not glorify the body, what are we doing? We are doing what? Contaminating. We are grieving the Holy Spirit in us. We are grieving because God is holy. So the Spirit of God, we are grieving Him when we utilize this body wrongfully. And then in verse 31, so the old self is controlled by bitterness, anger and wrath, shouting and slander and malice. The new self is void of all those and is controlled by the Holy Spirit. There are some people that they can just easily be angry and when they are angry, they can just commit any kind of atrocity. They don't care. That is the old self. Are you, do you have an anger issue? Do you have an anger issue? Are you that one who, who, who is so you, full of malice, full of bitterness? That is an issue. And Paul is addressing, he said, a transformed life, someone who is transformed ought not to be harboring all these lifestyles because Christ has died and died for all this. Why are you still harboring this lifestyle? Why are you still carrying all this load on you when Christ has died so that you should not have all these burdens again? And lastly, Paul says in verse 32, he says that the old self is unkind, uncompassionate, and unforgiving. The new self is caring, forgiving, loving to one another, according to verse, verse 32. You know, it's funny that there are some people that even though they say they are Christians, 
they are just so wicked. Their mouth does not have grace. I mean, they, they don't have compassion at all. I mean, they don't have feeling for other people. They don't care whether your condition, they don't even care. And they are very unforgiving. That is really, 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 really a little bit concerning. Because in Matthew 6, I think 14 or 15, Christ says, if you forgive others their sin, then God will forgive you. But if you do not forgive other people their sin, don't expect God also will not forgive your sin. Brothers and sisters, we are going through a period of revival. We're crying and praying and crying and asking God for this during these 40 days of how many, two more weeks that are left, that God, please do something in Broadway Baptist Church. Do something in our families. If we are not able to get rid of, ask God to help us get rid of some of these things that Paul is mentioning here, then every effort that we are doing will be in vain. Because a pure mind is a good platform for the Holy Spirit to do His work. A church that is a purity, it's a good platform for the Holy Spirit to do His work. But we have grudges against each other, unforgiving mind and bitterness, living a promiscuity, a life of promiscuity and all those things that Paul has mentioned here, then from January to December, we may pray and fast and fast and still live in the same condition and nothing would happen. But if we are for revival and you want to see families change, you want to see people get saved in our community in Lexington, you want to have, be that kind of a church where you enter, you feel the warmth of the Holy Spirit because people are one, then brothers and sisters, Paul has given us an easy and good prescription. It does not depend on me and you. If we surrender it unto the Lord, say, Lord, these are my weaknesses. I have a weakness. I have a problem of unforgiveness. Please get rid of it for me. I have a, pro a problem, of, problem of anger. Please get rid of me. If we don't come to that point where we acknowledge as individuals first, as families, as, as church, that they are we, we have all these issues and cry out to the Lord to take us and deliver us from all this, these issues. You know, Proverbs says that anybody who conceals iniquity in his heart will not prosper. If we hide sin, if we keep sin in our heart, then we are, making, we are not making any God's work any easier in our community here. So I just wanted to stand placed. If you can't just be on your feet, we want to pray. And I want to end by giving that opportunity, please. Um, I don't prepare a message against an individual. I don't know anybody's private life here, but mine. <laughs> so I don't prepare a message against anybody. So if something really touched you, don't be offended. That is the Holy Spirit working. Don't feel that I'm stepping on somebody's toes. I'm not stepping on nobody's toes. I'm just preaching what the Holy Spirit led in my heart. I just want us to close our eyes and to pray. And the first request I want to appeal, I want to make is that if you know for sure that you have not made Christ as your personal Lord and Savior, this is an opportunity. I want us to pray. You just indicate by hand show. If you know that you have never ever made Christ as your Lord and Savior, this is an opportunity for you. Anybody? If you know that there is something in your heart, something that we all have issues. If you know that you've been praying for something, you've prayed for some particular way of lifestyle and it is not leaving you and you're struggling with it, please, this is the time you just indicate, come forward and say, we'll pray together for you. Is there anybody? Anybody? And lastly, uh, our church, we are always very, we love visitors and we love people to join us. Anyone who would love to join the church, we always like to give this opportunity because you don't know. Let us pray. Father, we just want to thank you so much, Holy Spirit, this evening for you ministering to us. 
There are a lot of things that God by ourselves we cannot do to eradicate our weaknesses and limitations. That is why this moment, Father, we, we entrust our lives into your hands. You know those areas we are struggling with. Our weaknesses, Lord, whether it is anger issue, bitterness, unforgiveness, lust, and all kinds of immorality, all kinds of limitations as mentioned this evening here. We don't want to be those people that will act as a hindrance for your Holy Spirit to move in the church. Please, Father, may you forgive us. Forgive us and cleanse us from every impurity. We just pray that you continue, O God, Holy Spirit, minister to us and bring some of those things to our attention so that we'll confess unto you. Because, Father, you say in your word that if we confess our sins, you are faithful and just to forgive us and to cleanse us from every unrighteousness. Thank you, Lord, for this wonderful opportunity that your hands are always open to hear us and to cleanse us from our sins. May you bless us all here and take us back home safely. And we commit the rest of the weeks, the days and the weeks into your hands, Lord. In Jesus' mighty name we pray. Amen. Okay, you can be seated. One, two, just a quick announcement. Um, uh, I think we have two weeks, two more weeks before revival. Again, I want to emphasize, if you have not joined the church in the prayer and fasting, you can still join. You can still come in. There's a, the bulletins are out there. Uh, so next week, again, we'll have African service. And then the next week, we'll have, uh, uh, the, I think, the revival. On the 23rd, we'll have the revival. And then the next week, we'll have a trunk or trick. So that is the program we have as the weeks are unfolding. But we also want to appeal that please just keep on inviting people for this service. I don't really know what explanation <laughs> that people, the church members, don't attend this service. I don't know why. I don't want to get into that. But just pray that God should uh, do what he promised to do in this church, through, even through this, uh, through this service. And uh, his name is going to be glorified. Okay. Um, I think that is it. Be blessed. Have a wonderful day. And uh, have a wonderful Business week that starts from tomorrow, and may God bless you till we meet again on Sunday. Bye-bye. Thank you.